Podcast, episode number 122. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward, back from hey. back from the summer holidays. Hey! Yeah, it's good to be back, Greg. How you how you been doing? I haven't spoken to you for ages. Do you have a good summer? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, didn't do much interesting. I mean, we went to Canada for a while, Prince Edward Island. Awesome. I went there for a week. That was you nice. You know, I have never been to Canada, our principality, <laughs> or whatever it is. Our, <laughs> the bit of North America that got it right. So, uh, yeah, no, never been there. I need to get over. So I should come over sometime. Do you have a good time there? Yeah, yeah, we sure did. It was great. My wife's family's out there, and we used to go there every other year, but we had a break for about five, so it was good to get back there. Cool. And what about work-wise? What have you been up to there? Um, well, finally, finally, we I've upgraded my on-prem TFS server from 2013.4 to 2015.3 yesterday morning, and I, I, I sent an email to the team. And just had to say, oh, my God, that was easy. Really? Wow, cool. It literally was click, 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 uh, enter one password in one box, check that I did a backup, which I did, uh, and click, 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 and it was done. Now, my on-prem installation probably cannot be more happy path installation. It is yeah, so very generic, but still, it was a 2012 to 2015 upgrade, and now 2013 to 20. I uh, was well, 2012 to 2013, 2013 to 2015. Mm-hmm. So you went to 2015 uh, update three, is that right? Correct. Yeah, the latest, three. and it was it's, like I said, smooth, easy. We had some internal applications using the SOAP API to talk to the TFS server; those worked fine. All of our Visual Studio instances are working, and it was just like wow. Now, that was amazingly easy. Nice. No, so, I know they've been working hard on it, so that's good. That's good to see it come off. That's brilliant. Yeah. And like we've talked about before in the show, having, you know, my first install was the uh, 2005 with oh, the 27-page yeah. white paper. And, you know, when back in the day when you didn't upgrade TFS, you rolled a new box and just moved stuff over. Yeah. Now – it is so much difference. Now, yeah. if I had SQL Server 2014 or 2016 on that box, I probably would go to TFS 15. Yeah. But uh, I, I need to get that out, and hopefully we'll work with my DBA team and get that and clarify, in place. TFS 15 isn't TFS 2015. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and everybody listening knows my ranting. I, I promise not to rant about how much that irritates me that there's still not a brand name. We're, we're coming close to RC2 public release, and it's we, we, we still don't have a brand name on, on that. So uh, insert standard quote 15 unquote Greg Rant here. <laughs> So, hey, I went and had a chat with a team. You know, you're talking about Xcode and problems you were having authenticating and stuff. Yes. So um, I had a chat with uh, so Paul Barnum and David Stahili. I, I can never pronounce his surname. I apologize, David. I worked with him for many years and always got it wrong. But anyway, <laughs> um, I had a chat. And so apparently um, Apple dropped support for some, some NTLM auth in a newer version of Xcode. Um, so this was this was the, the, this particular instance we were talking about was actually having trouble talking from Xcode Git to Git Git in TFS, mm. um, and so that's one of the reasons why they really pushed through the support for SSH in TFS 2015 update three, the one you're on now. Um, right. So that works, but uh, whereas NTLM doesn't. So um, now there's a bunch of little workarounds you can use to get it to work, and there's um, 
There is a, a, a sort of a proxy server you could use as well, potentially a CNT <laughs> proxy server, but probably don't want to go that way. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So, I thought I'd better, I'd better let you know. So, there we go. Good. Just goes to show you. Yeah. It's a problem when you're not on the team anymore. You know, you, lo- you lose all these things. And it's, <laughs> it's the interesting problem with TE was it was like this three-way moving thing because, you know, the platform's changing, the languages are changing, like Java and stuff, and Eclipse was always mm-hmm. changing, and the operating systems are changing, and TFS is changing. You've got to try and keep them all in sync. It was it was all good fun, but, I don't, I, you know, I do miss it, and I don't. <laughs> 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 I, I did. There was one thing that I've been talking about on the show, and why I wanted to upgrade. One yeah. of the reasons why was the package management. Yes, and like an idiot, I did not realize that the package management extension is only available for VSTS, and it will bake be baked in into TFS quote unquote fifteen. Uh. I can't do the extension on my on prem. 2015 and of course you could have gone to the page on visualstudio.com to find out but you never did you just you just assumed did you i i just assumed i'm like going to the page going to my galleries i'm installing these cool extensions like oh there's a download i know i have to download and upload download and upload download and upload there's no download for the package management what and reading through the thing it's like oh yeah that's not gonna it's not available for on-prem 2015 it's like damn that head forehead smacking moment there's like Darn it! Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry about that. But that's okay. Like I said, 15 is out soonish. Even the RC2, which is or which should be out soonish. RC1 is a currently available as we speak today, and it's go live, and that has package management baked into it. Cool. So that that that's going to be my <laughs> upgrade path. Maybe later in a couple months, you we'll guys be talking still about using, that upgrade. Um, you, you were using Jira for work items, and then did you move to something else? Yeah, we have moved to version one now. Huh. And that's, Why? Just because that was the new hotness that somebody wanted? Or? Uh, yeah, exactly. Our, our, our live-in Scrum Master was was much happier with version one. And it's okay. I mean, we're using the cloud version, which is nice. Okay. Um, and it's it's got some things that are nice. I really – I, every time I think about it, it's like look at this company, and, and that's the one thing that they do. Yeah. The version one is is like it. It's not like Atlassian that has, you know, a Bitbucket and has all these other things all over the place. And they're trying to do a service desk and they're ticketing things, doing, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place. Whereas version one, that's all they do. Um, and they are pretty new. This is a new platform that's still growing and evolving. Um, uh, there are some issues with it that are I find really, really irritating. The team finds really irritating, but we we work around it. It, you know, it is what it is. What's nice is there's a, a fairly robust and open source um, integration story with it. Okay, cool. So I, I plan on hooking into it to, uh, you know, kick off uh, builds and notifications and all this uh, happy stuff. Cool. No, I was just wondering. I was wondering how that was all going. So it's, it's interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're kind of now on three. You know, we have still TFS, which we use when we want to be under the radar. We have Jira that some people are using in the building, and then the official right. portfolio management's on version one. You know what they say as well? Um, you get, an, you get an, a new IT manager eventually, and he'll have an amalgamation <laughs> strategy and go to bringing it all down to one. So then you'll have four. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm deleting that. I am not going to jinx us. Delete, delete, delete. (laughs) Got to mark that, cutting that out. 
so it's been uh, busy for us as well. You know, I've been sort of had, you know, had a couple of vacations, which was nice. So it was great. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it's been busy at work as well. So busy shipping.net and then um, getting, you know, getting the foundation cranking, getting a lot of open source going on. It's been good. Good. So what is, is there like any new open source Goodness. Stories. Goodness. Well, I mean, the, probably the headline that's been making around at the minute is I think everyone just woke up that like we're at Microsoft are doing open source nowadays. <laughs> and they went, huh? I don't, I, to be fair, we've deliberately not been talking about it because the worst thing you can do is like talk about something that people are skeptical about because mm-hmm. then they won't believe you. Um, so just been, you know, just been quietly getting along with shipping.net and shipping VS Code and shipping all these other products, you know, open source. And like PowerShell got open source recently as well. That's pretty huge news. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then um, the GitHub had their big conference this week and uh, Chris Runstroff was talking about some stuff and they, they released the Octaverse, which is like that, you know, state of the state of the uh, universe from GitHub's perspective. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and Microsoft tops the charts on a few different things and everyone was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, that was quite good. I quite enjoyed. I quite enjoyed reading some of that. Some of the comments on some of those blog posts are fascinating as well. You know, it's uh, it's like oh, yeah, great. <laughs> I can imagine. It's like reading YouTube comments. You know, you should, probably just shouldn't. So, but uh, <laughs> it's been good. With it's been it's nice to see the reaction, and it's nice to see parts of the press that were formerly skeptical actually going right, huh? <laughs> and I think possibly as we um, you know, probably because we weren't screaming it from the rooftops we were just quietly getting on with it you know mm-hmm. the open source community values code over over everything else um and it's no point talks easy so there's no point doing that you just gotta you just gotta let your code do the talking for you and then you right. just gotta keep on doing it and keep keep being there and if uh, you know and then people will be you know if you keep being there then people start trusting you so we'll get there eventually so it's all good. Anyway, been busy. My particular one was just seeing um, VS Code being so popular um, in the charts, in, in GitHub stats. The, the stats are like the stats are never not the stats are never what act, the numbers are never actually mean what the people writing the articles think they mean, which is always funny. Uh-huh. But it, that doesn't matter. You know, it's like Microsoft's at the top based on metric that github defined and github weren't deliberately doing a metric to make us look good you know what i mean whereas if it was us making a metric then we would be on top so that's fine but no vs code's like very very popular you know in terms of people contributing to it um above you know above things like angular but up there with you know react native which is the new hotness obviously and um uh, things like Docker and NPM and Font Awesome is incredibly popular, you know, into yeah. con- people contributing to it. Anyway, so ah, it's good to see. It's good to see. Uh, it's good to see it. It actually, um, you know, we are making a difference. We were making a little dent in the universe, so that's good. Anyway, should we yeah. crack on with the news? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you know, stati- lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I'd say it's just nice. It's just nice to have numbers from somebody else. But um, right. we've got, you know, right. we, we've shared the like in the .NET State of the Union and things like that. We share the internal numbers and stuff. And yeah, it's uh, the, the the one that's interesting for me is that um, uh, you know, how much contribution is coming into the how many how many pull requests that get merged that don't come from Microsoft into some of the you know into all the open source projects but especially the .NET ones um, and some of the and it's always weird as well it's like the um, it's the lower level .NET projects that have the higher level of contribution you'd think it'd be the the ones that are the higher level frameworks would be the easiest ones to contribute to but um, you know people really do like to go fix bugs and go fix <laughs> issues really low down you know and it's it makes uh-huh. sense so you know it's great. 
Loving it. All right. All good fun. Cool. So we have a September 2nd release mm-hmm. that's out um, and rolling out and available. Uh, one of the n- big things was the custom work item types. Now that for a Jira version one guy, this is key that the custom work items can be created in the web UI. Yeah. We could have always done this with editing the, the work item templates and stuff, but the fact that Joe Normal, the muggle, can go ahead and create these work items. That's gonna that's huge. And it has the whole um the way it's managed, you know, it's done on a whole sort of um inheritance model kind of thing to try and help you you know the problem with work item type custom work item types past was you would get left behind on new features but yeah. with the inheritance model that works it kind of helps stop that which is good i, I i've been in uh, that's been i've been i make a heavy use of that because i still you know i use vsts for everything for tracking my life mm-hmm. and i used to just use work item types that were close to what i wanted to do and kind of put data in there but now but i found that worked fine for me but it didn't really communicate well with others, you know. Whereas now right. I can customize the work item types and I have different fields in there and things. And, yeah, it, it really helps people understand them. The the, fa- the thing that – there's a couple of things. You need to read the instructions a bit. Like finding the customization UI is a little bit buried sometimes. And then um, actually – sort of the thing that you don't realize is you create a custom work item pro you are creating a proper full custom work item you know template for your server instance if you like for your account and so you can create new projects that share the same template which is good but you know in some of the other programs you're talking about when you customize things you're only doing it for that one project you're not creating something that's shared across the whole server so it just might be different to what you're expecting if you came from a different work item tracking system you know you're creating a process type that you can use with any project on your on in your server if you only have one project then you don't care about that but there you go and there's quite a lot of other things that changed as well. Like they've been in some. Mm-hmm. The UI is looking awesome, isn't it? It's looking really clean. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I've been trying. Did you have you talked in the show already about the? Yeah, we talked a little bit briefly, haven't we, about the the um the trial the trial that they're doing in terms of improving navigation. And that I've got that switched on on my account, and that's beautiful. I'm really loving it, and it's just it's just looking really good. Like the work item history stuff's looking really nice, and um the build queue page that's looking really really good as well so no i've, I've been really impressed well what, what other things in this uh, september 2nd release did, we did stood out to you they improved the package management stuff didn't they thinking about that right yep yep they sure did making it uh, easier to unlist and delete packages which you always have to be careful when you're deleting and uh, you know those items when people get really dependent on that they've uh, removed the xamarin license step oh, yeah i was gonna say that's that's over in my neck of the woods yeah they removed that step right. but they also have moved to the new you know net core based build agent and that and it's so far you know it's kind of it's kind of happening as a non-event which is awesome <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <"Woo-hoo!" laughs> so i haven't heard much from that team at all which is brilliant so that long may that can continue um and they, you know i'd never realized they had the um the level of Jenkins integration. I haven't really played with that much. I should go play with that again, but they've improved that as well. And one of the problems with Java and Jenkins and, you know, being based on top of Java is um, configuring valid SSL certificates can sometimes be quite tricky, getting them in mm-hmm. the keychain and stuff. And especially right. if you're, you're using SSL to secure the connections with your Jenkins servers inside the firewall mm-hmm. uh, or, or, you know, servers you own. And you're not that worried... Um, 
you know, so you self signing certificates because you don't want to go buy right. a bunch of SSL certs for you know for internal use. But then um, you know you're not that worried about preventing a man in the middle attack on these for whatever reason. You've decided that's not you know something that's particularly high on your radar of problems. You, they've, they've put an option now so you can actually go and um, accept you know accept an untrusted SSL certificate. So what it basically means is don't validate the you know validate that the certificate's valid. But don't validate the certificate of you know the chain of trust. Don't bother going down there and validating it because it's probably a self-signed cert that's not gonna and you haven't loaded that cert up onto the server or whatever and blah blah blah. So you know, so that's that's one thing as well. And uh, a bunch of the App Store stuff I saw as well was really interesting in terms of improvements. So an extension for you know promoting your app into the App Store or into Test Flight. Yep, yep. For the Apple App Store, there's Google Play and then there's even Windows Store. So all three of those major stores, you can CI and, and CD from yep. within VSTS. I went through the process of getting the .NET Foundation validated in the Windows Store this week. It was actually fairly painless. It was quite good. <laughs> so uh, in the show notes, we'll have another link. Uh, Derek Fu mm-hmm. does a custom work item types on Team Services. There's a dedicated uh, post about it showing more details about the colors and some of the fields and uh, uh, you know adding the to the back to the backlog and to the board level and all that good kind of stuff. So we'll have more information in the show notes on that. And definitely, as I say, go go look at the blog post and you might want to enable the the new navigation model when you're doing it because it's a lot the the customization of work items is a lot more discoverable in that new UI. You know, it's obvious that's kind of where it got designed. Whereas in mm-hmm. the in the old UI, it's it was quite buried. So yeah, it's pretty good. All right. As a matter of fact, uh, Buck Hodges has an update, you know, what's brewing on Visual Studio Team Services, the September 2016 Digest. Yeah. And that's like his first item talking about the new navigation and getting around Team Services, uh, link to it. He talks about the Jenkins stuff, uploading files uh, to and from Linux, number of different the new extensions for Team Services. Now, I'm really, really liking the UI, though. It's just nice and clean and white and feels web native and you know i use the azure portal a lot and that's nice it's a lot better than the amazon ui you know in terms of niceness but that the mm-hmm. whole horizontal scrolling thing doesn't work for me whereas the you know the uh the vsts stuff just it just looks really good it feels like a proper dense you know full of information site that does a lot of stuff it's just it's just really good i'm impressed right um Sachi williamson has another top 10 features to make your life easier in Visual Studio Team Services, and her number one is the new navigation, including hey, the admin yeah, tab. See? <laughs> and, and she's good. She shows you how to turn it on. Yep. She shows all the different features. She talks about the web-based work item customization, including the Booleans. We've talked about Booleans before. Um, and when you turn on the navigation, I haven't tested this. I should test it. Is that a setting you're doing for your whole team, or is that a setting you're doing for you? I don't even know. Huh. I'll find out. I should have a play and have a look. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, it doesn't say. Yeah, I don't no, know. Yeah, you're right. It's something to play with. Yeah, yeah. Which you, you guys out there can play with it too. VSTS, you know, free for five users. You can get your private repo and you can start looking at all these things right now. She, she starts out her post. I really like that. 148. <laughs> But yeah, that's approximately how many new features are now available in uh, Visual Studio Team Services right now. Uh, and that's listed as VS, uh, TFS V next on that features timeline that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. So 140 of those things 
you know, that may be coming in a future or, you know, RC version of TFS are available now in VSTS. So in just quickly back in box, box post, and we'll stick a note to this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, the interns have been been in over the summer, as you expect. And I had the pleasure, actually, of um, uh, going over to we had a, a, an, an offsite with all the interns together and uh, had the pleasure of chatting to those guys. And, yeah, it was brilliant. So really enjoyed that. And um, the, they were busy um, working on the package management stuff that you're such a big fan of. So, um, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. It was a nice, interesting, you know, behind-the-scenes blog post of what they've been up to. So it's good. Yeah, I love these behind the baseball, hearing it from the kind of real people coming from the real well, college, but um, intern world. And, yeah, and, and they're so smart. It's frightening. And they've got yeah. so much like, passion and enthusiasm and naivety. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> do. And so we just go do it and not realize how like amazing they are. It's like, okay, awesome. <laughs> I yeah, know that very was refreshing and humbling all at the same time. Oh, isn't they're it? so smart. It's <laughs> like kids at, un- at university and school. They work so mm-hmm. much harder than I did when I was. I think it's because of all the debt they're taking on, you know, to get. <laughs> I think we think about it a lot more. Yeah. But man, they work so much harder than they did when I. I'd never worked that hard. I was. I was a manager of a local bar, and you know, I was lucky if I was turned up to lectures. Never mind doing all that stuff. So anyway, I guess we. You know, you do see some good ones when you when you talk with the interns at Microsoft. I guess, but they were just amazing. Right. It's really good. Um, so we've talked about Azure Dev Test Labs. Have you played with it yet? Uh, no. I need no. to do some stuff with this because I need to do some more. I played with it a little bit and it was impressive, but then mm-hmm. I haven't played I haven't used it in anger. And there's a few things I'm thinking about in the minute that I could really use this in anger for. So yeah, I might start I might go have a play. But anyway. Julie Gao has a great post uh, that she's highlighting from Peter Haig, uh, who's a senior software engineer in the customer success team. Mm -hmm. He's got a multiple uh, post blog series that he's doing. And they're talking about a real world problem. He had a large enterprise that is a complex environment with lots of software and configuration. They need to save on the compute hours. So it can't be 24 by seven, a simple experience for teams to request a new developer desktop can't be more than 10 minutes from request to have it running. Uh, and, and they don't want to take the time to, or cost of manually creating and maintaining all these custom images. Yeah. So he talks about this in this blog series. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven posts long. All these steps and the things that they're doing to make those things happen. Cool. Uh, yeah, and we'll have the links in the show notes on this. But looking at this, it's like, oh, I definitely have to carve out some time in the day to really release. Yeah, language. have a play with it. Uh huh. You need to do it with something in anger as well. But if you think. Yeah. Like, there's so many big companies I work with. Well, so many big companies I've worked at, for, for that matter. Like, getting a dev desktop was always hard. You know, like, yep. getting, a de- getting a machine where they would let you have admin rights for a start was always a nightmare. <laughs> and getting one with, like, the software, you know, that had more than Word and, you know, project installed on it was really hard. And then... um yeah, but you'd always have to deal with like internal IT, which had been outsourced to some company that was doing running it as a service. You know, you have to pay like five hundred dollars to have your machine move from one desk to another and all that sort of stuff. And 
for those sorts of companies, go, being able to go to Microsoft and just say, oh, yeah, look, here's a dev test lab. That's just awesome because it's so easy. <laughs> and they could just do yeah. it. a machine within 10 minutes. I'd have been lucky to get a machine in 10 months in some companies. Yeah. Like that. Don't, you're making me cry, man, because you're kind of like, kind of describing my daily life. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is another reason why we're looking at it. And I've been All those MSDN start- credits you're not using, you know? It- yeah, really. But the, my problem is, is that that virtual network connection uh, between yeah. Azure and, and, and on-prem, I've got to get that working. Once we get that up, we can really start taking advantage of that. So, But maybe this will be one more way I can you know, push towards Azure and, and, and getting these things happening. But Yeah, cool. And I know I've been pushing this at work, too, to, to my peers and stuff. It's like, look, guys, you know, you, you got all we've got. Uh, uh, MSDN Enterprise subscriptions for like all of our developers, so they've got all these credits. It's like just go use it. Yeah. So uh, hey, Ben Day's been busy again as ever. So um, one of the he when he's doing you know he does a lot of consulting and things. One of the tools he uses a lot is a set of command line utilities for Team Foundation Server that help mm-hmm. him do some of the stuff he was needing to do with customer servers and things. And um, this one um, he's just updated it recently, which is great to see where um, he's actually you know the new build definitions being able to export them into JSON and then you know um, bring them back into a different server and that way you can. Um, uh, and, and the same with release definitions, you know, which are very, very similar. Um, and that helps you just, you know, move them between servers, take backups of them, and and help explain to somebody how something's done and things like that. So yeah, it was it was, it was very handy. And it does a bunch of other stuff, which uh, we talked about before, I think. But basically, you know, like doing all the work item queries and exporting those and iterations and being able to program out and being able to in a command line add iterations and things like that, which you can obviously script and stuff. So it's a handy little utility if you haven't seen it. So we've chucked that in the show notes as well. Yeah, and, and he and I were chatting on the web about this. He's really looking for your feedback oh, cool. on the build stuff. So if you guys uh, uh, check this out. Have you had and, Ben and on the show working. recently? We had him once, didn't we? Uh, we haven't uh, had him recently. Show 63. My July word, that was a long time ago. There we go. Yeah. That was back when I actually worked for a living on the team, <laughs> when I had a real job. So, yeah, no, let's get him. We should get back on the show and talk about this oh, stuff. Yeah. But it's really good. And he's also um, talking about um, one of the things that I've been actually playing with a bit recently was deploying an ASP and uh, NBC site and getting that deployed from. Um, Team Foundation build. So he did another blog post about that and showing you how that all works. So it was it was handy for me, which is um, you know, which is probably a bad thing to say, but there we go. <laughs> now there's another post that I want to talk about. We were talking about VSTS from Eclipse. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm not going to Mahesh Mahesh Kazik. I'm not going to put your name any worse, but we'll have a link in the show notes. And there's a magic thing that we had the hardest time finding is how do you find Team Explorer? For whatever reason, we could never find it. We would always lose it. So uh, he has the steps or she has the steps explicitly shown here. If you're using um, Eclipse on like a Mac Mm. and you'd lose Team Explorer, here's how you find it. Uh Ah, And as well as maybe the authentication issues, authentication settings for adding and checking in code to VSTS. And they go through that. Here's how you do this, yada, yada, yada. So, um, yeah, we'll have the links in the show notes to this post. So if you're one of those, you know, you got a Mac guy in your shop or are the Mac guy, 
and you're using Eclipse, you got to read this post. Cool. Hey, earlier on as well, you were talking a little bit about using, you know, uh, work items out in the cloud, even though you're doing it with, um, you know, a rival service kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. Peter Geisens was did a nice blog post. You said about um, taking work items from an on-prem TFS instance and taking it and pushing them out into the cloud, into VSTS. And one of the problems, uh, you know, with some of that is if you have inline images, because, you know, it's so easy to have inline images now in a work item description. If you've got those, right. then, you know, URLs are pointing to the old server and you often don't notice until it's too late because you test it on your machine with access to the <laughs> server. Looks great on my machine. And then you're on somebody else's machine who's in a different part of the network, doesn't have access, or you switch the old server off is the worst thing. <laughs> it's brilliant, and all your images disappear. So anyway, uh, it's, uh, Peter's written some code um, that just loops over, you know, uses it's up on GitHub, uses the ATFS API, just loops over the work item description fields and, you know, looks for inline images and helps track that stuff and helps you migrate them. So there we go. Very cool. Mm. Now, we're about 30 minutes into the show, and there's a lot of news items uh, that I think we're going to quickly go through. Them. And a lot of these items are very, um, I'm selfishly putting them in, or I selfishly track them because there are a lot about the builds. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm on the new build system at work, we have you know, a number of user stories for me to start automating our builds. So I just grabbed all of these and we got a bunch of them from, we got some from a David Object Sharp. Yeah. It has a make builds wait when you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I thought that was kind of cool because. I've been in this environment before where he's using a, an external build tool and it signals it is completed by creating a buildcomplete.txt file. So that f- file existence is the flag, mm. but he wants to, you know, use a build task to wait for that flag and then do other things like bundling it in the final solution. So he's written an extension on uh, our build task uh, on how to do that. And the important thing, it has a timeout as well. It just doesn't sit there forever, which is quite good. So, and the other one, uh, again, back in my neck of the woods, um, Cake is uh, a popular um, .NET project that's in the .NET Foundation to do with um, doing you know, uh, cross-platform sort of build automation tools. And um, there's a cool post uh, from, is it Derek? Yeah, Derek and Martin about how to, <laughs> use, um, how to use Cake. Uh, so there you go. So if you want to have a look at that, then do so. It's been, yeah, which is, been taken off quite a bit more. C sharp make. Yeah. And like you, when you explained it to me, it's build as code. Yeah, exactly. Love that's, that. Yeah. So when you're trying to explain that to somebody else, yeah, that's how you, why do we do it this way? It was like build as code. It's like, oh, okay. I and you've got one that. language, you know? It's, it's, right. It's, yeah, exactly. You've been the guy that has to maintain the build and got to learn all these languages. There's a thing called fake in the in the F-sharp world as well, which right. is like F-sharp fake and stuff. So it's, it's all good. But that project's doing really well. I'm, I'm really impressed with how, how everybody there is, you know, the community's really picking up and it's gathering a good head of steam. So I think it's definitely something that's worth looking at. So we have a couple troubleshooting ones. Oh. Again, I wanted to gather on it. Um, Keys, Vahar. Fixing unable to load task handler for task in VSTS. You got the error in the logs. You know, is how do you fix that? Basically, it was a PowerShell versioning issue. And then Donovan Brown, who uh, in uh, we we again we need to have Donovan on the show if we haven't had him already. Get him on the show. He's awesome. Um, does very good at presentations. He he talks about how to if your VSTS agent fails when it's configured to start as a service. Um, it goes through and explains what the problem's likely to be there and, and shows you how to get that fixed. 
how to get that unlocked. Yeah, Donovan's in our wish to interview list. Yeah, okay, well, let's hook that up. He Basically, the thing that you do is make sure that the logon as a service right is checked. So that's probably what's wrong, and there's a few other things there, but there you go. And, and this, <laughs> we, we ran into this the other day. How do you do this? That mm-hmm. was the, that's the key on it. And we, we knew you could do it from the local um, you know, group policy, security policy settings, but I really didn't know kind of how, and he walks through how to do that too. So he gives you two ways of setting that up. Cool. So, and again, we'll have the links in the show notes. You were so talking about been... all those extensions you've been uploading. <laughs> That's uh, where, where, what's going on in the extensions. Yeah, Joe Bourne, who we t- I talked about last show and called him Jason. Sorry about that, Joe. <laughs> um, as a, yeah, I'm sure. He's sure, he didn't mind. I'm absolutely beyond. Positive. You know tired of hearing that but uh, he's like yeah i wish i was jason porn <laughs> but um um has another extensions roundup and he talks about the new apple store extension the google play store the windows store automation uh, so if you're looking for more information on any of those extensions we'll have the links in the show notes cool um will smive's blog they, they changed a little bit of stuff in terms of um a, a new requirement they put into the store about um, when you're when you're upgrading your extensions. So if you build some team service extensions, make sure you check out Will Smyers' blog post. Kind of explains what's changed and helps you um, make those changes. Yeah, and speaking about requirements, there uh, uh, another one is that they're forcing um, version updates. Yeah, a version number incrementing as you do that updates, and that was from uh, uh, Matthew Anlin. Yep, talks about that. So and, and as to why, and it makes really sense you know it's just it's fugly if you don't in <laughs> short yeah and then we talked about this on the show a while ago but one of the things i remember saying i was impressed with was like the actual marketplace and actually getting um you know being able to sell visual studio extent tvs extensions in the marketplace because mm-hmm. you know i was like wow that's actually quite a hard thing to do i'm, I'm really impressed and uh, matthew again did a good blog post explaining how to do that and what the UI looks like and how to go through Windows Azure Publishing and actually set this up and set up the charging and enable it in different geographies and all that sort of good stuff. So um, it was really good. And then obviously, um, you know, Matthew did the big detailed blog post and then uh, Brian Harry did one of his classics and introduced that as well and sort of walked it through. So, yeah, it's very, very cool. Yeah, and Matthew, I totally butchered your name. And one last post that he's done, he's been on a tear recently. Mm. He shows on TFS 15. If if you're on TFS 2015 and you're installing an extension, you know it's like a multi-step process. Ah. Yeah, you have to go to the gallery. Yeah, you have to uh, download it to your machine. Then you have to upload it to the server. And then you have to do all these other things. You can go to the find out where the managing of the gallery is, which like an idiot I couldn't find for the life of me, and it was right there in the middle of the screen. Manage your gallery. Uh, I kept looking for like menu items under admin, manage gallery, manage. You know, I was like, no, it's right there, dummy. Um, he shows on TFS quote unquote fifteen how it's now like seamless and he again show walks all the way through it yeah click on it uh and doing a free one doing a paid one it's all going to be seamless so again keep an eye on the 20 the quote unquote 15 tfs if you're thinking about upgrading start looking at the requirements for upgrading your servers and they're pretty much the same 
for 2012, 2013, 2015, except for that SQL Server. But mm-hmm. again, I'll put the link in the show notes like I always do when I mention those uh, requirements. Take Keep a close look on those. So you put a, um, a show in, in the list as well in the running order, and it was a show I hadn't seen him before on Channel 9, Technology and Friends, <laughs> with uh, Mike Benkovich talking about team services. So what's, what's this Technology and Friends blog on Channel 9? That's a, That was a new one to me. He's been – this is David Gerard. Right. Um, and I know he's close friends with Paul. We, we talked about another sh- of his shows last week. Yeah. Uh, when he was doing – he was out at um, uh, that conference. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to mention her name because, you know, we use her name in vain entirely too many on, times on this show. Yeah. And she always jumps up and down when we mention Angela Dugan's name. Oh. Yeah, we mustn't mention Damn. Angela Angela Dugger again. That would just be nightmare, especially not if you But now he's got this show, and this is episode of four hundred and forty nine. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh episodes. So that's that that is a, I think I saw a, a lot. Actually, Donovan. I think I saw him he did one with Donovan once as well, I think. Yes. Now that was really, really good. So um yeah. cool. So this is episode four thirty three. Uh, where he talks talks to Mike about VSTS, okay. uh, and he, everybody knows Channel Nine is one of my favorite resources, just because I work there uh, or work with them. Yep, and they got the new studio, and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to go take a look at it next week as well. I'm quite excited. Awesome. So, uh, hey, um, Richard Hunhausen is was in the original group of ALM MVPs. Like he's he's old school ALM MVP, been been around a long, long time. And one of the things he he was actually. He did like a Yahoo of um, of VSTS extensions back in the day and things like that. You know what I mean? Like a big list of them and tried to maintain it back when you could actually keep a list of them or a more web page. And uh, he's just done he just does a bunch of things like pulling together community resources. And one of the things, um, again, that you pointed me to because I was trying to figure out how to keep up to date on some of this stuff was he's got a nice little aggregator of, of the community blogs, which is quite handy. So it's probably just worth benchmarking that if you want to, you know, save listening to the show. Just watch, just just benchmark richard's page instead and you can save yourself half an hour every couple of weeks benchmark uh, sorry bookmark what am i talking about okay i've been working there's an open source library called benchmark.net that i've been playing around a bit today. it's my fault like i can make fun of somebody misspeaking but uh no yeah, yeah i was like is that like a british thing or, yeah, or yeah. something yeah. no no it is totally british that's, that's, <laughs> on the uk version that's exactly what it says on favorites you know uh, one of the other things nice about this is he actually has a, he has the 166 feeds that he's aggregating from yeah. available as an OPML file. Yeah. So if you if you want to quickly get up to speed and grab these ALM bloggers well, uh, right at the Google bottom of that list. Oops. Yep. Google Reader. <laughs> uh, show my age again. <laughs> All right. Well, it is ALM Ranger time. Where's the uh, ALM Ranger theme got... music? Did that arrive over the summer? No. What? No. no. What? Our community is looking at us like we're idiots. I'm going to have to sing again. You, I Yo. warned you it's going to happen. ALM Rangers. There you go. Right, go on. <laughs> uh, well, um, uh, Willie Pete has a post uh, talking about the work item details widget by Mikhail Kerf. Kerf? Kerf. Talking about, you know, just if instead of if you want on your board uh, a more detailed version of that work item and you want it pinned there, there's a widget available. Another widget that's um, on the marketplace is uh, Who Am I Really? Uh, you know, you have, I don't know about you guys, 
but I have about like 37 different identities that I can log into VSTS as. Ooh, and try, yeah, really. Um, and the try, biggest one we have is switching between AAD and like Microsoft IDs, you know? So switching mm-hmm. in between your Microsoft Direct, you know, your AAD. And yeah, as I say, exactly that. Your, your, Azure, Authentic, Azure, Azure Active Directory one and your, uh, your live ID, I guess as they call it. Yeah, and so if you ever find like you're getting confused as to who you are logged into the page not who you are are i get confused sometimes that way but uh, uh there's a new extension that's available and finally um willie does another post about all the dev labs extensions that are available and two of these are the ones like two of the ones that i immediately installed when i yesterday after my upgrade was the file owner from abel wang abel water to court mm-hmm. steve st Jean, you know and the other folder manager uh, with again abel wang and and water to court some of our favorites so some of the other ones would be one i always get on as well because that's something i always bang on about you know and we've got this many days left to the end of the sprint you know and all that sort of thing or this many days left of a deadline so there's one of those that you can stick on the dashboard it's really cool yeah and he has them all listed on on the page mm, very so, very cool another, another good week up. from the rangers yep hey so we're getting to that time of the show any feedback come in while i was away on holiday we had um, Peter, you know, he, he... Peter Hecht back again. Yes, he is back. And Paul was working with him on, on his issue. Basically, he's in, he's not in my same boat. He's got a much more complicated upgrade. Uh, we've been, you know, Paul's been working with him to try to figure out, you know, where he's at and, you know, how to do the upgrade he was like at a 2012 update two, uh, working with a vm and you know he's got um old um visual source safe databases oh, and trying my. to get those in and just doing a lot so and he's really afraid that he's painted himself into a corner but uh, uh paul's working with him and, and we're going to work that out but peter thank you again for listening i really appreciate that and i really appreciate uh, your feedback if you'd like to give us feedback, please send us an email at radiotfs at outlook.com. Uh, if that doesn't work for whatever reason, radiotfs at gmail.com. Via Twitter at radiotfs. On Facebook slash radiotfs. Our voicemail, remember, voicemail safe for work. We're going to play it on the air or on the recording, on the podcast, whatever. 1-425-233-8379. I like how you really tapped look- at every number then. That was great. That was uh, <laughs> that'll really get you if you've got good subwoofers in your car. Did you hear those? Oh was, yeah. Oh wow! I didn't actually mean to do that, but okay. <laughs> I was hitting the table. Yeah. Uh, well, Martin, I think that's a show. What do you think? That sounds good. I mean, it's good to be back. I'm glad, glad you've had a good summer, and uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next time on Radio TFS. Mm-hmm.